Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for another episode of Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself, depending on the subject matter and your needs. I'll be bringing you brand new mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more on this edition of the program, The Little People. I want to read something to you that was written by an Irishman in 1850. Up the airy mountain, down the rushy glen, we dare not go a-hunting for fear of little men. We folk, good folk, trooping all together, green jacket, red cap, and white owl's feather. Down along the rocky shore, some make their home. They live on crispy pancakes of yellow tide foam. Some in the reeds, of the black mountain lake, with frogs for their watchdogs, all night awake. High on the hilltop the old king sits. He is now so old and gray he's nearly lost his wits. With a bridge of white mist, Columkill he crosses, on his stately journeys from Sleevelig to Rosses, or going up with the music on cold, starry nights to sup with the queen of the gay northern lights. They stole little Bridget for seven years long. When she came down again, her friends were all gone. They took her lightly back between the night and morrow. They thought that she was fast asleep, but she was dead with sorrow. They have kept her ever since deep within the lake, on a bed of fig leaves, watching till she wake. By the craggy hillside, through the mosses bare, they have planted thorn trees for my pleasure here and there. Is any man so daring as to dig them up in spite, he shall find their sharpest thorns in his bed at night. Up the airy mountain, down the rushy glen, we dare not go a-hunting, for fear of little men. We folk, good folk, trooping all together, green jacket, red cap, and white owl's feather. That was written by an Irish poet named William Allingham, called The Fairies. Again, 
1850. Interesting, isn't it, to put yourself in his mindset that long ago. When I talk about little people in this show, I'm talking about leprechauns, elves, brownies, fairy folk. People have lots of different names for them, including some you've probably never heard before that I'm going to share with you. I remember the first time in my life that a woman I believed, a lady who was a successful professional and seemed absolutely rational to me, told me about her encounters with the little people. Now, I was a teenager then, and I was signing copies of a book I'd written at a small bookstore in Western North Carolina. She came in to see me, and we ended up talking for quite some time. She was very well-spoken, seemed quite normal. Uh, she was probably in her 50s. And at one point, she looked me right in the eye, and she told me an unbelievable story. She said that she had grown up in Lake Lure, North Carolina, which is in the mountains in the western part of the state where I'm from. Now, let me just pause to say... Lake Lure is an extremely mystical, enchanting place. It was always considered so by the Native Americans. And to this day, I mean, when you go there, it's hard to describe the feeling that you get. You just look around and you know it, it's sort of like you've stepped into another dimension around, you know, Chimney Rock, which a lot of psychics say is a vortex of some kind. Big paranormal hotspot. Everything you can imagine there. I could do a whole hour on just Lake Lure. I've even led expeditions to this site. So that sets the stage. Like she is telling me about a really unusual, special place. So she said that when she was growing up in Lake Lure, that her family kind of lived off in the woods and they had a really nice old house. And that one day when she was a kid, I don't know. She didn't tell me exactly how old she was, but she said, you know, she, I got the impression she was old enough to know fact from fiction. Um, her parents were sort of off on another part of the property doing something. So she more or less had the house kind of to herself. And she walked into the living room, dining room area. And she said that there must have been 10 or 12 little people. And I'm talking about she described them as being 12 inches tall or less, but proportioned as, you know, fully, fully grown adults wearing little outfits. And they were just running around having a ball. She said a couple looked like they were dancing. There was one uh, or two that were trying to get one of the cupboards open. She said there was uh, one or two swinging from the chandelier. I mean, I'm telling you, it reminds me of that movie, the old Disney film, uh, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. If you've never seen that, you should check it out. And she said that she was just, you know, obviously stunned and delighted. And it took them a few minutes to see her. And when they did, boom, they all scattered. And she told her parents about this. And of course, they didn't believe her. But she said there was at least one or two other occasions when uh, during the afternoon, she would walk into a part of the house and she would see some of them milling around. And she said she'd never had any other paranormal experiences in her entire life, but, but that was something very real. And she just told me that very matter of factly. And I wasn't sure what to make of it because I'd never had a person stand there in front of me and tell me something like that before. However, just a few years after that, 
One of my best friends, he was the uh, the brother of another one of my best friends. Uh, his, his name was Corey. I'm sure he's fine with me using his name. Um, Corey and one of his buddies were out fishing there in the mountains, in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And he said that they had like this little secret fishing hole they'd found. And so it was really off the beaten path. And you know how these, how guys are when they find their secret fishing hole, you know, they, they don't tell anybody where that is and, and they like it if it's kind of remote. So he and his buddy were sitting there fishing, no trace of anybody else in the entire area. And then at one point they just look up and to their shock on this rock in the middle of the stream, there is a little man and he's just sort of squatting down. They said he looked like he might be a little, you know, like a foot and a half to two feet tall. But again, a well-proportioned little man wearing like a brown cap and a little beige kind of outfit. Just sort of, he's sitting there sort of crouched on this stone, looking at them quietly. And they could see him clear as day. It wasn't like he was off the distance. So one of them said something to him like, hey there, you know, or whatever. And didn't get much of a reaction. And this started to become a little creepy that the little man's just sort of sitting there watching them and not saying anything. Well, the water wasn't all that deep if you knew how to tread across the stream. So he got up and started walking across the, the, the water, you know, across the creek bed there. And at that point, the little man stood up and hopped over to another rock. And <laughs> so the next thing you know, he and his buddy go chasing after this little man. And the little man is hopping from rock to rock. And he kind of gets over to the embankment and just he's gone. They said, I don't we, we don't know if, if he just dematerialized or we don't know what happened to him. But, you know, one one second, you know, we're chasing this little guy over the rocks. And then next thing you know, he's gone. Now, let me tell you something. These are guys I've known, you know, for years up to this point. I, Corey is the same age as my little sister, Jessica. So I basically known him his whole life. He's not the kind of guy who makes things up. Uh, he's, it's so, <laughs> I, of course I, he told me this and then I remembered what the woman had told me about Lake Lure, you know, living in that area and what happened to her. And I started thinking, okay, is, is there something to this? But then, okay, now, uh, probably like a year later, I was in Barnardsville, North Carolina. All this stuff I'm telling you about is happening in the mountains of Western North Carolina. Cause again, that's where I grew up. Uh, I was in Barnardsville at this big private mountain estate called Greystone, which was created by Johnny and Cindy Caps. And when we come back from this break, I'm going to tell you what Johnny Caps told me. He's no longer with us, but he told me this and he told me this on video. What he saw when he was operating the bulldozer, carving his way up onto this mountain to build his estate and why it gave him goosebumps every time he talked about it. And then I want to share with you a story about a woman. Okay, she wrote me this story and said she saw a hobgoblin. I'm going to give you these accounts and then some thoughts on what the heck is going on here. What are these things? Who are the little people? 
I want you to remember now, you can only access some of my breaking news and content and experiments if you subscribe to my free e-newsletter. It's free and spam-free. Takes you two seconds. Go to joshuapwarren.com. You'll see the place to put in your email address. You click the button. You'll get a confirmation email. And then once you get that, add the email address to your contacts so that my e-newsletters won't go into your spam. And then you will get access to some very special stuff. Go to joshuapwarren.com. There's no period after the P. I am Joshua P. Warren, and you are listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com strange things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash strange things. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. 
So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. As we age, cells break down on women and men, causing fine lines, wrinkles, bags under the eyes, crepey skin on the neck, and aging on the hands. Now, Dr. Newman's stem cell-based Luminous products at a newly reduced price will help you return to a youthful vitality and radiance. Dr. Newman, how does Luminous help revitalize your skin and prevent sagging and wrinkles in the skin? I created the Luminous skincare line to address all the problems that we have with our skin from around the eyes where we get the sagginess and the bags and the crepiness on the neck, even the lines that we get around the eyes and the droopiness around the forehead. All of these things can be treated with the Luminous Skin Care Line because our products are made to work synergistically to improve the skin on the face, on the neck. You can even use it on the hands and the decote, which is the area where we get a lot of sun on the chest. And you will see improvements in these areas. The Luminous Serum is the powerhouse of the product line. It has the most amount of APT200, which is the stem cell factor to improve the skin. The Luminous Serum, you can put it all over the face and neck to improve the lines and the tightness. You can even put it on the upper eyelid and lower eyelid to improve the sagginess of the neck as well. Thank you, Dr. Newman. We've had such an amazing response to Luminous Serum with the highest amount of APT200 that we've reduced the price over 33%. Or try the Luminous Serum for only $19.99 with our postage paid starter kit. Visit HealthyLooking.com. That's HealthyLooking.com or by phone at 800-604-3129. Luminous for women and men. Luminous not available in stores. 800-604-3129 or HealthyLooking.com. Hi, this is George Norrie and you're listening to the new iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now let's get back to Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. And let me tell you, I knew Johnny Caps very well. He was a friend. I spent a lot of time with him. As I mentioned, he passed away. Johnny Caps was a big, burly mountain man. He he looked like, you know, a, a hardy version of Kenny Rogers with the white beard. He always carried a gun on his side. And in his early days, he worked in construction. And he was a professional uh, bulldozer operator. And so he definitely knew his way around heavy machinery. And he had been in all kinds of, you know, tough environments, uh, working really hard throughout his life. And uh, he made uh, enough money to invest in this mountain where he decided he would make his dream come true and create 
kind of a resort there in Barnardsville, North Carolina, called Greystone Cabins. And you can still go there today, and you should go there today if you want a real mountain getaway. I cannot tell you how many nights I've spent at Greystone Cabins. But because Johnny was such a confident bulldozer operator, when he was creating Greystone, and I don't know what year this was, I can't remember. I'm I, My guess is it would be maybe like around the early 1990s. Often he would get out, uh, and he'd get up in the morning and get on his bulldozer just by himself. And, and this is a big, big mountain, and he had to carve out a long, long, winding road going up this mountain. And he would just work all day by himself. He enjoyed it. And Johnny would smoke a lot of cigarettes. And he told me, and again, he sat down with me, and this is, you know, when he was, uh, I got to know him when he was, you know, getting up there in his years at least. Uh, well, you know, uh, basically, he was looking back on how this whole thing had come together, and, and Johnny said, I was on the bulldozer one day, and, and he told me this on camera. Uh, there were a bunch of witnesses, and he actually told me this a number of times off camera. I was on the bulldozer one day, I stopped in the afternoon to just relax for a minute, smoke a cigarette. And he said, I lit my cigarette and I looked to my left and he said, a chill ran down my spine because just about 10 or 15 feet away, there was this little man standing beside this big oak tree. Now, again, we're talking about a situation where... Johnny Caps was in the middle of nowhere. Okay, no sign of any other houses or anything visible in any direction. And this little man, uh, I think Johnny said he was maybe, you know, two, two and a half feet tall at the most. Same kind of deal. A little man is wearing sort of like beige or brownish clothes, little brown cap. And he said that the thing that freaked him out the most was the little man had this big ear to ear grin on his face. And Johnny said, it just gave me the goosebumps. He says, I reached for my pistol immediately. Now, now think about this. Johnny Caps was a big guy. I'm going to say he was easily, you know, six foot three, a rugged mountain man. And yet why did he get this? Pang of fear just by seeing this little man. It reminds you of the poem, doesn't it? For fear of little men. There's something about these guys that somehow seems freaky, almost like they have a superior quality to us. And Johnny said, like, what do you want? And the little guy just kind of turned a little bit and then he was gone, disappeared. Well, this happened uh, on a couple more occasions. And by the way, it's interesting that Johnny was smoking a cigarette because you often hear that these little people, they like tobacco. So if, if you leave out like some good pipe tobacco in a, in a very, you know, wooded or rural area, you might be able to attract them. Apparently they also like whiskey. I don't know if you'd want to attract them, but that's what they say. So maybe it liked the, you know, the smell of, of Johnny's cigarette or whatever, but he saw the little man on two more occasions. Um, one time it was the same kind of deal. The little guy was just sort of watching him next to a tree. And then there was another uh, occasion when he had built a little bridge across the stream and the little man was sort of checking out the bridge. And 
right after that, Johnny got a couple of big dogs, and that's when the little man disappeared. So I don't think these little people like big dogs for obvious reasons. Now, again, this is a person that I knew very well for years telling me this. And if you put yourself in my position, even though I've never seen anything like that, um, it, it makes you start to wonder about well, just how you know realistic these stories may be. And I got this uh, email that came in from a listener last uh, last year that I think might put a very interesting uh, add an interesting element to this. I just want to read this to you. It's a little bit lengthy, but uh, it definitely interesting. It, it came from a woman named Kathleen. I have her, her whole name and her phone number and everything, but I'll just give out her first name. She said, that's cool. Uh, her name is Kathleen, and, and she had this experience in California. She wrote, everything I'm about to tell you took place in a matter of minutes. Also, I must admit, had there not been another human present to verify everything I'm about to tell you, I would, for the rest of my life, questioned and doubted what I experienced with my own two eyes. My 10-year-old son and I had recently moved into what appeared to be a normal three-bedroom, two-bath home. Uh, front room, dining room, kitchen, family room, two-car garage, on a quiet little court and a quiet little town called Milpitas, which was snuggled right between San Jose and Fremont, right on the border of the Santa Clara County, Alameda County line. The lady that rented me the house had evicted her son. He was not happy about that. He started terrorizing me and my son at all hours of the day and night, banging on the door, demanding to be let in, saying he still had belongings in the house, which he did not. It soon became apparent that I needed not only a gardener to help with this large property, but a babysitter and now a bodyguard. Well, Larry, my girlfriend's brother, needed a place to stay. We had all gone to high school together in the 60s. So in exchange for free rent, I got a gardener, babysitter, and bodyguard, as well as repairman and painter, LOL. The son who was evicted was very volatile. He punched holes in all the walls and doors. So in lieu of a cleaning deposit and or security deposit, we agreed that I would paint and patch the walls. So this one evening, Larry and I put all the furniture in the center of the front room and covered it with sheets and started patching and repairing the holes in the wall so we could paint. We had been working for hours. It was a little after midnight. We decided to take a break. I went into the hallway, entered the first door on the left, which was the bathroom. I then left the bathroom and made a right to continue down the hall past the door on the left, which my 10-year-old son was sleeping in. The door at the end of the hall was Larry's room. Uh, we had been taking the doors off the hinges to repair or replace them. My door was on the right. Being a female, I had put a curtain rod with thick curtains over my door for privacy. With my left hand, I pulled the curtains to the side and let out a blood-curdling scream. There was a creature standing on the other side of the door. 
He was a little taller than my waist, about the size of a five-year-old. His hands were clenched in fists on each side of his head by his ears, and he was staring at me as if to dare me to enter the room. His hair was dark but sparse. I could see his leathery scalp like the texture of an old worn football. He had a thick leather strap across his chest like a sash. No shirt. His teeth were yellow. His eyes were squinty and yellowed. His ears were pointed. His pants looked like they were made of deerskin. He had moved away from the door back about six feet to the middle of the room. I didn't see him move. He was just in front of me one minute and then about six feet away the next. My glance continued toward the bottom of his pants, and it was then that I saw he had no feet. It was a mist. He was disappearing from the feet right up before my eyes, and I let go of the curtain, ran back down the hall toward Larry. I can't even imagine the look on my face. And before I could say a word, Larry says to me, you saw the little you-know-what, didn't you? And I'm like, what do you mean? What did you see? And he described the creature to a T. Everything I saw, he saw. He said he saw it run from the dining room down the hall. Why didn't you warn me? I said, why didn't you tell me? He says, I thought I might have been having some 1960s acid flashback, LOL. <laughs> when we come back from this break, I'm going to tell you what happens in the end of this story. And then we're going to put all this stuff into context, all right? Leprechauns, elves, brownies, fairy folk, hobgoblins. Some seem relatively harmless, some a little more spooky, but hmm, certainly not always physical, biological creatures in the way that you and I know. What could they be, then? We'll see. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. Don't go anywhere. There's more Strange Things coming right up. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER this is it your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. She's the shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com. Over five years ago, George Norrie approached me with a unique concept, a dating site for people searching for someone with interests in UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and the paranormal. From that, ParanormalDate.com was born. It's a unique site for unique people, and it's free to join to look around. If you want to upgrade and enjoy more of our great features, use promo code GEORGE for a great discount. So check it out. You got nothing to lose. ParanormalDate.com. The Coast to Coast AM mobile app is here and waiting for you right now. With the app, you can hear classic shows from the past seven years, listen to the current live show, and get access to the Art Bell Vault where you can listen to uninterrupted audio. So head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website. We have a handy video guide to help you get the most out of your mobile app usage. All the info is waiting for you now at coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Heard on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. 
Kathleen says, we lived in the house for another couple of years. Never saw that creature again, but we heard him constantly. You could hear his footsteps running from the garage, through the dining room, down the hallway, toward the master bedroom. I gave him the master bedroom. (laughs) Took my bed and put it in the family room. Just used the master bedroom as a dressing room and used the shower and bathroom there. Always creeped me out. Felt like I was being watched. You would think this would be the end of the story, but flash forward to 2006. They were showing the first Harry Potter movie on TV. I had never seen any of the movies yet. Imagine my surprise when the scene in the movie shows Harry going into the bank in the witches and warlocks dimension. I could not believe my eyes. The creatures that were the bankers were the same creature I had seen back in 1989 in the house. They were identical. What were they called? Goblins. To be exact, this one was a hobgoblin. These are supposed to be fairy tale stuff, not supposed to be real. I have no explanation. But like I said, had Larry not been there, I would question to my dying day if this truly happened. But I have a witness. Hope you enjoy my story. (laughs) Yes, I, I enjoyed that. Thank you, Kathleen. Thank you. What do you think? Does it sound quite physical there, does it? You know, the Cherokee was... I mean, the Cherokee are one of the most prominent tribes from Western North Carolina. We now have the Eastern band of the Cherokee there. And the Cherokee always talked about what they called the moon eyed people. If you look it up, Wikipedia says the moon eyed people are a legendary group of people from Cherokee tradition who are said to have lived in Appalachia until the Cherokee expelled them. It says they are mentioned in a 1797 book by Benjamin Smith Barton, who explains they are called moon-eyed because they saw poorly during the day. There was also a writer and researcher named James Mooney, ironically, who was born in 1861, and he spent many years uh, living with Native American tribes all over the country. And in his 1900 book, now we're talking about a book published in the year 1900 after he'd been spending years and years in the 1800s living with Cherokee. He had this book called Myths of the Cherokee. It was, I mean, talk about scholarly. This was published by the U.S. Bureau of American Ethnology within the Smithsonian Institution. And in that book, Mooney said the Cherokee described them as a, quote, very small people, perfectly white, end quote. Apparently, the moon-eyed people were these little pale people who generally would stay underground because they were sensitive to the light. Now, these stories that I've told you seem to contradict that because people have seen them, you know, people that I know have seen them when it's daylight. But I don't know. Maybe things have changed over the years. But they had their own, you know, version of little people. And it, and it's not just the Cherokee, and and also not just little people. The Cherokee also had giants, 
like Judicola, uh, you know, which you might even say is kind of related to Bigfoot type creatures. That's something we'll get into on a future show. But even the, the Hopi Indians of Arizona, they had what they call the ant people. Uh, there's a website called ancient ancient hyphen origins.net. And they wrote, according to the Hopi, the so-called first world or world age was apparently destroyed by fire. So there was some kind of age of civilization that they said was destroyed by fire, possibly some sort of volcanism, an asteroid strike or a coronal mass ejection from the sun. The second world was destroyed by ice. Ice age glaciers or a pole shift. And during these two cat, these like two global cataclysms, the virtuous members of the Hopi tribe were guided by an odd shaped cloud during the day and a moving star at night that led them to the sky god who finally took them to the ant people. The ant people then escorted the Hopi into subterranean caves where they found refuge and sustenance. Yeah, these stories get weirder and weirder, folks. And you say, what are we talking about here? It reminds me of what my buddy Jim Mars used to say. A little green man runs across the room in the middle of a party. And one person says, look, a leprechaun. Another person says, look, a demon. Another person says, look, an alien. People interpret these beings in different ways. What we can see is that some of them apparently are helpful and rewarding because you have stories about treasure, you know, finding the pot of gold or the ant people helping out the Hopi. Some are mischievous or even downright mean, which I guess makes them just like humans, right? You've got that whole spectrum of, of types. But regardless, they seem to be magical, don't they? What are these little beings? I got an email from a woman named Rosemary, and uh, she's really into some of these old stories about these really bizarre types of remains that are found of little people or giants and stuff like that. And then they pop, they pop up here and there throughout the history books. And then dead end, the trail just dwindles and um, she's frustrated because you know she's excited about all this but she emailed me and she, she said you know uh, do you know how we can find any physical evidence for these things and I wrote her back and I'm going to read you my reply to her I said to her um, quote I've even helped some of these stories get to the media so far in every case remains turn out to be either deformed humans Infants, monkeys, or outright gaffes, which are just fakes, when examined by credible experts using DNA analysis, etc. Therefore, I feel that most of these beings are not physical. In other words, the types of beings that interest you are real, but they are not biologically physical in the way you and I are. They may appear to be when witnessed, but they are not. For example, fire is a real physical thing, but it does not leave a skeleton when it dies. Now you touch fire, you feel it. It's real. It's physical. It doesn't leave a physical skeleton when it dies. Anything that may have left a rare physical 
skeleton was probably purchased for some rich person's private collection long ago and is either still there or it may have just actually burned up in a fire. That was very, very common in, in the past in buildings, end quote. So here we go, folks. We're back to interdimensional beings as exemplified by the hobgoblin story. That's the only way to reconcile all this. And another listener named Jason, he contacted me. He's been watching Discovery Plus, and he pointed out there's a show on there called Expedition Bigfoot. And season two of it has an episode called Paranormal Anomaly. And in this episode, a primatologist is in this area where people have been seeing Bigfoot, and she has a thermal camera. And on the camera, you see what looks like some tall thing standing there that's showing up on thermal. It even has has some little like orb-like things circling around its head. She sees it clearly on camera. She's got a register of its temperature and everything. But when she turns on her flashlight, there's nothing there. It's invisible to the naked eye, but it's showing up on thermal. And later they go to that location and they actually see evidence that something has been making depressions in the leaves and all that. People have a really hard time accepting this interdimensional semi-physical being concept. And and I understand that because when these things are physical, okay, they seem physical when they are physical because they are physical at that time. And they seem non-physical when they are non-physical, but they are both. And when they die, apparently they die in the non-physical state. Thus, to us, in this physical world, there is no trace. And so what we are ultimately talking about here is this concept that you have to become less egocentric. It's not like that because you have a physical body that anything else that's real must have a physical body just like you do, or it's not real. There are things that can switch. I know it sounds irrational. I know that right now there's there's no way to quantify it in a laboratory using the scientific method, which is what makes it seem like BS, understandably, again, to so many people. But the more we learn about how real phenomena are often non-physical, well, the easier it should be for you to grasp that. I mean, right now you're surrounded by radio waves and they're creating physical reactions. What do you think remote control is? Remote control looked like some kind of a magical miracle when it was first invented. You push a button here and the thing moves over there, but there's nothing touching it in between. How does that work? Hey, listen, when we come back, I want to read some uh, interesting emails to you. I got one, for example, from a man in Massachusetts. He wrote, Joshua, you're not going to believe this. (laughs) I'll tell you what he wrote when we come back. I am Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back after this break. Don't go anywhere. There's more Joshua P. Warren and Strange Things coming right up. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, the Coast to Coast AM YouTube channel is waiting for you now. Go to coasttocoastam.com for more information. Welcome back to the final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and you hear me talk sometimes about my buddy, 
Vance Pollock. I call him Sherlock Pollock. He is a fantastic sleuth, especially an internet sleuth. And listen to this. Call this a public service announcement. He's come up with something that you can participate in either as a game or for research. It's a free Facebook group. Anybody can join it. And it's called Where Is That? And you post a picture of anywhere in the world from any point in time, and other people try to see if they can figure out where it is and or, or where it was. And so you go there, and you can look at all these pictures that people have posted, and maybe you'll recognize something, and then you can post stuff of your own. And it's brand new, and everybody's loving it. So if you're a Facebook person, just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash where is that. You might also just be able to search for where is that and Vance Pollock, but you'll probably find it. And uh, it'd be kind of interesting to see what kind of a research community we can build using Vance Pollock's where is that. I'm going to be interviewing him, by the way, about some of his adventures on an upcoming edition of the program. Here is an email I got from Chris. He says... Uh, well, I guess it could be a, it could be a lady as well. Chris says, Dear Josh, I listened to your podcast and heard the fortune tone for the first time. One hour later, my company announced we were getting a production bonus for the first time in a year. $500. Yay. <laughs> well, congratulations, Chris. And I guess that means I'll have to play the good fortune tone again at the end of this segment. I got this email from Matt in Massachusetts, and uh, he went to my curiosity shop and got the dematerializer, a.k.a. the Bad Buster, which, you know, those things, they, they sell out. So they anyway, he says, Josh, I love all your podcast on iHeartRadio and listened to the one about your dematerializer that I bought, and you're not going to believe this. For years, I've had a stiff neck, and it was mostly on my left side, and I've tried everything, heat and cold packs, massaging, medication, over-the-counter, and prescription, but nothing worked. I used your bad buster, and within two days, my stiff neck was not stiff anymore. Three exclamation points. Now I wonder how I can use this to win $1 million from the lottery. Any thoughts? Please let me know. <laughs> Well, hey, I'm delighted by this. And, you know, I never make any type of medical or health claims with anything that I sell, but I'm just thrilled when I get a message like that. And when it comes to, you know, using the Bad Buster to gain funds, well, the Bad Buster is designed to neutralize things that you don't want. So you what you want to do is neutralize lack in your life. <clears throat> so, for example, you might write financial stress on a piece of paper and slip that into the tube to neutralize financial stress and, and, and see what happens. It doesn't have to be the lottery necessarily. You never know how these things might manifest. This is a really cool one I got from Jordan. And um, this is about episode 18, which was about Ho'oponopono and synchronicity. And by the way, a guy who listens says, you're not saying it right, Josh. It's supposed to be Ho'oponopono. You got to stress that ho, ho, oponopono. So there you go. Ho, oponopono and synchronicity. Do you remember 
In episode 18, I talked about my sort of butterfly synchronicity experiment. Well, Jordan wrote, I live right across the mountain from your old Asheville stomping grounds. I live in Johnson City, Tennessee. I work in Charleston, South Carolina, so I have a four-hour commute twice a week and stumbled upon your podcast quite by accident. And it says it was, uh, okay, so anyway, it goes on to say, I was immediately hooked. I indulge in every experiment, and I'm fascinated by every episode. I've implemented several of your ideas into my life and wanted to share a couple of experiences. I was driving through the mountains of Asheville on my way to work last Sunday and was intrigued by your butterfly experiment. I decided to try it myself, and I arrived at my destination, settled in for bed, and decided to unwind by playing Pokemon Go on my phone. Any guess as to which Pokemon appeared as soon as I launched the app? <laughs> there was a picture, a little screenshot. It was a butterfly Pokemon uh, called Butterfree. Jordan goes on to say, how's that for synchronicity? And of course, his main attack is called Psychic. Also, I've been aware of the law of attraction for some time but have gotten away from consciously applying it. And after your, your show, I was motivated to attract some serious wealth into my life. I told the universe my intentions. Goes on to say, um, I bought a, a, well, let me just put it this way. I got an email sometime offering, uh, sometime back, offering me a chance in a startup virtual basketball card business. I like the idea so much, I bought a pack of cards for $18 and forgot all about them. The day after listening to the tones, I received an email saying my cards had been sold in the marketplace for $1,587. That is a profit of $1,570. And then Jordan just goes on and on. You're like, I could... <laughs> Telling me more about these amazing abundant, you know, like this amazing abundance that's been flying in ends by saying, I can't make this stuff up. Thank you for your show. My next venture is to use Ho'oponopono to heal a seemingly impossible personal relationship. Oh, and to move objects with my mind and maybe do some ghost hunting in one of the several Charleston cemeteries close by. I'll keep you posted. Thanks again. <laughs> so I wish I maybe one of these days I'll just read nothing but emails for uh for a whole show. But thank you, Jordan. I mean, you wouldn't believe I, this is what keeps me going, getting great reports, great feedback like that. But I did get one. I got to be honest with you that that was kind of sad. And, and we might be able to help this person out just mentally. Uh, this is pretty personal. Um, this also deals with episode 18. And I'm just going to call this person Aurora. And Aurora wrote to me and said, once again, as always, I look forward to hearing your podcast and this latest one about the Ho'oponopono chant. While listening, I looked it up and, and the moment I started reading those four chants, I felt pain and emotion in my chest. I felt over emotional, suffering, sadness, loneliness, anger, hate, and worthlessness. I had tears that felt like lava or liquid fire. Once again, I enjoy your work, and considering I don't have much in my life, 
Not much direction. My mind is broken. My health is downhill. No friends or family, no job or career. Hopefully this chant can turn things around for me. I definitely appreciate your work. Well, I tell you what, Ho'oponopono is meant to be a cleansing. That's the point. It's about cleaning. It's about defragging and resetting and rebooting and coming back to that zero point, that zero limit. So it would make sense that if Ho'oponopono is doing what it's supposed to do, it's going to cause all of that toxic stuff to sort of rise to the surface and then drain away. But now, and again, I have this person's real name, but let's, let's all of us just take a moment and let's project some healing thoughts, some good fortune and, um, you know, some prayers, some blessings toward this person, Aurora. Uh, why not? You know, we have, we have, this show is a powerful thing. We're able to bring all of these like-minded people together and help each other out. So let's just take a moment right now and just think of Aurora and that email I just read and send a positive thought. Are you ready? Here we go. Three, two, one. Okay. Very good. Aurora. Keep us posted. I hope things turn out better for you. But I know one thing. The emails I keep getting about this good fortune tone are undeniable. So, as always, take some deep breaths. Get into that meditative state. If you can, close your eyes. I recommend it. If you have a beverage nearby, get that beverage out. Put it next to the speaker. Charge that beverage with this tone. And then, you know, drink that beverage afterward. You don't have to just down the whole thing at once. And uh, and let's see what happens over, over the next week for you. Are you ready? Here it is, the Good Fortune Tome. That's it for this edition of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the Curiosity Shop all at JoshuaPWarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Well, if you like this episode of Strange Things, wait till you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.